Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. All right, so I'm going to just review a couple things this morning, but I don't want to spend a lot of time on review because if I spend a lot of time on review, we won't get to where I believe the Lord wants to take us this morning in our message. So uh, real quick, so I'm going to review fast and you listen fast. Okay. If you didn't hear it, you can also go back and listen to the message. Um, is online, YouTube, and uh, Vimeo. I always want to say Venmo, but that's where you pay people money, so that's not the right one. But anyway, so review our example of humility, and we're talking about humility this morning. And the reason why is because the Lord had brought back to me a word of God for this church that was given in 2018, right? And the portion of the word that came back to me was. I will take you as far as you want to go. Don't give way to complacency. No, we have arrived attitude. Humility will be your greatest asset and faith your greatest ally. And the part that, that's, that stood out to me um, very strongly was is that humility will be your greatest asset. And remember, I think we talked about how many in here are just walking in perfect humility all the time right now right? Yeah. Being a part of being a believer is, I love how Andrew Womack put it one time, is that, is that when they're flying to the moon, um, they are constantly making uh, corrections, course corrections. They're constantly just little tweaks and little direction. Um, you know, they're, they're guiding and they're constantly doing that so that they land where they're supposed to land. And as a believer, we do the same thing. We're constantly, and this is how it should be in a relationship with the Lord, is that we're walking with him and we are constantly, every day, in communion with him. Lord, okay, I'll tweak that. Yep, here we go. You know, and we're constantly correcting so that we are on the right course. That is relationship with God. It's not sometimes I'm going to do my own and be my own and all of this, and it's me, 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 and my strength and my doing and all of this, but it's 100% of the time, God, this is you and me walking through this life, and my job is to line up and be humble before you and come in line with your word and be in the right place at the right time in the will of God. That's possible. That's possible to live that way. That doesn't mean that we're perfect all the time, but we are conscious of God in our life, and and we hold him in such a place that we honor what he has to say about the life and the day that he gave us, because it's from him, right? We breathe because he gave us breath. We live because he gave us life. We have purpose because he gave us purpose. And so we have this opportunity to to every day uh, walk in humility towards the Lord. And remember, humility, and I'm not going to read this again because I don't have it with me, but it's not putting yourself down. It's looking at yourself in the proper position of where God has placed you in relationship to him. And we're seated in Christ. So it's not putting down, but it's being a, as Jesus came and was our example, that he was a servant. He came to serve. 
And he came to humble himself to the point of death. And so uh, we talked about those things. We went to Philippians 2, 1 through 9. Um, and that's where it talks about that he assumed the form of a servant. It said that he emptied himself of the expression of deity, but not the possession of it. Right? So he laid down the superpowers, but he was still God. Okay? That's a good way to look at it. Um, he didn't have any special power that we have not been provided to walk this life. Hallelujah. That is good news for us. And so um, he chose and came in the appearance of a likeness of man, a true human likeness, exact duplicate, an identity or an equivalent. So he identified with us in every way so that we could identify with him. We would not have been able to identify with the resurrection had Jesus not come, right? And so in that point, and we talked about how he was in the garden. We went to the, uh, Matthew where it talks about that, but he was in the garden and he was in agony. His soul, every part of him was in agony. And he said to the Father, not my will, but yours be done. And he wasn't trying to get out of redeeming us. He's just, if there be any other way. So since Jesus Christ was in a position of having to choose the Father's will over his own in the in, in, in agony that we will never experience in our lifetime at all because he already did, we can say, not my will, but yours be done. Because he said it first. He chose in the most difficult situations so that we can choose in difficult situations. That, God, I'm going to submit myself. I'm going to come. I'm serving you. I'm going to humble myself to you before you. Not my will, but yours be done. And so uh, this morning we're going to talk about um, uh, how do we live a life of humility. Because... I think there's some false humility. There's some false ideas of what humility is. And uh, we're going to actually camp in basically one passage of Scripture this morning. So when I say it, you all are going to know it. You've probably quoted it many times over again. But we're going to look at some aspects of it that the Lord opened up to me, and maybe you've already heard this, but... Whenever we come to the word of God, this is part of humility. And I think actually Sean was talking about this maybe last week or Wednesday. We don't close ourselves off to his word, no matter how many times we've heard it. Just when you close off your, your ears and your heart to the word because I've already heard it, you're in pride and not in submission because just maybe... A multifaceted God would have a little bit more revelation to give you on something that you didn't see before? That's humility. That is humility. And so um, everybody turn in their Bibles this morning, and we'll get rolling with uh, today's uh, focus. Uh, Proverbs 3. Proverbs 3, and we're going to be in verse 5 through 7. Maybe eight, because that's a good part, too. <clears throat> Proverbs 3, uh, 5, verse 7. Um, this scripture 
is the essence of humility. It is the essence of humility. In verse 5 it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. So we're going to start in verse 5 here. We're going to pick this apart. Verse 5 in the Amplified says, Lean on, trust in, and be confident in the Lord with all your heart and mind, and do not rely on your own insight or understanding. Trust in. Trust in. Oh, I trust God. I trust God, you know. Do we fully trust God? There are times in situations where we can say, I trust God. But we like to get into, because it doesn't look like we think it should look in the natural, we begin to get our little fingers in there and our own little ideas and our own little thoughts and our plans about the situation. And we can so easily, without even recognizing it, leave trusting God and then trusting ourselves over what he's saying. We, we do this a lot. Well, th- yeah, I, yeah this, is, you know, this is how I've always done it, or, or this is how it worked for so-and-so, or this is, you know. But trusting in God is so much deeper than that, and we're going to get into this. And you have, to, you have to discipline yourself to stop trusting in yourself. In your own strength, in your own ability, in your own, I, just your own ideas. But really saying, God, I trust you to the point that you can say anything you want in this situation. And I'll obey. No matter what it looks like or what it feels like, if it looks opposite, if it looks way off the mark. God, have you ever noticed that he loves to make us think that we're going, I mean, it's not that he's playing tricks on us, but we, we can go, it's like, uh, I love this illustration, it's like Moses, okay? Hold your staff over the water. What? What? You've been fishing all night, and I know that you are a, I mean, you are a professional fisherman. You know what you're doing. But cast your net where it's already been cast. But because I spoke a word and you humbled yourself and didn't just say, oh no, I am the best fisherman. I've done this. I've been there. I know what I'm doing. I've done this my whole life. I've been trained by the best. I've been, every day, this is what I do, and I make a living out of this. And no, cast your net on the other side. You see this? Had he not casted his net on the other side, 
and been in pride instead of humbling himself before under the word of God and with the Lord, in the Lord, under the Lord, that he would have missed a harvest. He would have missed a provision. He would have missed a miracle. So many, so much abundance just in obeying that word instead of going along with, I've been doing this my whole life. Who are you to tell me? I've been here all day. That's humility. You don't know what miracle could be right behind humbling yourself to the word of God. You don't have a clue because sometimes we don't think that holding a staff over a water could split a sea and you could walk over and it wouldn't even be muddy, it'd be dry. I'm sure because Moses was human um, that he was probably thinking, (laughs) okay, whatever, you know, you want me to go like this? You want me to go like this? You want me to go like this? He was human. But because he had committed to walking in obedience and seeing the Lord's provision and remembering his provision, he could say with all of his heart, I trust you, Lord. Let's do this. So trust, trust in the strongs is to be confident or sure, bold and secure. In is showing emotion toward the Lord. So I am bold and I am motioning myself to your word. I am, I am, I am going toward your word and then releasing it into my situation because I trust you, Lord. Because I trust you. Trust is very much an action of our heart. It is not an action of our emotion and our soul all the time. Sometimes you can feel, yeah, yeah, that's a great idea, God. You know, yeah, but sometimes you can feel like, are you sure? Are you sure? Yeah, he's sure. He is sure. He is a sure foundation, and he can be trusted. Um, Trust is also a firm belief in the reliability, truth, ability, or or strength of someone. The word translated trust in verse 5 means, listen to this, to lie helpless face down. Now, I picture actually doing that and sometimes maybe you're at that point where you do you put action to your flesh just to tell your flesh we are lying helpless face down saying Lord what do you want I will obey what you say but every single time the action of our heart can be I lie helpless face down. 
and helpless in my own strength and my own idea and my own understanding. I lie helpless. I'm, I'm helpless in that area because this, the scripture clearly says, and we talked about this last week, that without him you can do nothing. And what that means is, is that you can do nothing of fruit and life and, and God breathed and the anointing. You can do a lot of things. But not a lot of things are producing what they could, right? And so it says to lie helpless face down. It pictures a servant waiting for the master's command in readiness to obey. Lord, I humble myself. I trust you, God. I trust you, God. I trust you, God. I rely on you. I rely on you. Do we really trust him when things Look bad. This is a challenge to me. Should be to all of us, really, because I, I, you know. Do we really trust him when things look like they're not going the way we would like them to go? Do we really trust him with our life? Do we really trust him with the decisions, some big, that we're going to make? Do we let him in? Do we say, God, speak to me, <clears throat> and I'll obey. You realize being in that position in our heart, it takes us to quiet ourselves down before the Lord. And one of the detriments to the church is we get so busy that we're too busy to sit and wait on the Lord and to get his direction. And we put an urgency on things, or urgency on decisions that need to be made. We put an urgency on, on well, Lord, this is, I got to know now. We got to know now. And God is saying, wait. Trust. Lean on me. I'm trustworthy. I love this because it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do you know what Lord means right there? When it says Lord, it is Jehovah Yahweh. The self-existent or eternal one, the existing one. He wasn't created He's self-eternal. That Lord, so when the scripture says trust in the Lord, he's not just saying trust in just a, hmm, hmm. Not natural. He's saying trust in Jehovah, Yahweh. 
Let me tell you what he's telling you to trust in. So when he says trust in the Lord, and this covers pretty much everything. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. He's saying trust in Jehovah Jireh, your provider. See this name? It's who he is. Provider is who he is. It's not just something he does. It's who he is. He is Jehovah Jireh, my provider. So it says trust in Jehovah Jireh, your provider with all your heart. He says trust, trust in Jehovah Rapha, the Lord your healer. He is healing. He is healing. Trust in. Trust in. Trust in the healer. Jehovah Jireh. Trust in Jehovah Nisi, the Lord, my banner. Whoo, victory. He's not saying trust in, you know, I'm five and four. Five and four, that's my record. He's saying, trust in the Lord, Jehovah Nisi, my banner. Trust in the Lord, Jehovah M. Kadesh, who sanctifies. Hallelujah. We are sanctified through Jesus. We were brought from nothing to sitting in Christ. He's saying, trust in Jehovah Shalom, the Lord, your peace. See, these names, they're not just things that flow out from him. They're the core of his being and who he is. He cannot separate from them because it's who he is not just something he does or gives. It's because it's the whole of who he is. He said, trust in the Lord, Rohi, the Lord, my shepherd. I'm getting a little preachy here. I, I, I just, listen, if we can get a hold of this, the word is not saying just trust in anything. He's saying trust in Jehovah. He's saying trust in Jehovah Sitkanu, the Lord, my righteousness. Trust in Jehovah Shama, the Lord, he is present. He is present. He is present in your situation. He is right there waiting to just Move on your humility and your yieldedness to him in your life. He is ready. He is ready. He is ready. He is ready. He's Jehovah. So trust in the Lord with all your heart. Letting him be who he wants to be in our lives. Put your name 
or put your trust in him and his name and his, the essence of who he is. He's the perfect one. He's faithful. The problem is, and where I think we get hung up is, is that it's, and we've said this before, but it is impossible to trust somebody that you do not know. In fact, in Ephesians 1.13, we're not going to turn there, but it says, In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Faith in the unseen, the promises of God. Trust is built when you hear the truth. So maybe there are some trust issues in allowing the Lord to just come in and humbling ourselves and yielding ourselves to him because we're not hearing the word of truth. Like we should or like we could. Trust. And so we must dedicate ourselves to hearing the truth if we are to have any stable foundation for trusting in him. Trust in him. And when we trust in him, it's easy to obey. Because you get so solidified in yourself. This is what the word of the Lord is. This is what the word says. So that means I will have a harvest. So hearing that truth and hearing that and allowing truth and, and uh, that to be built in us, what, is that, what does that take? It takes time. It takes commitment. It takes discipline. Do you want to know what happens? This is a testimony from my own life. This is what happens. You find yourself from going from struggling to put down the flesh and pick up the word of God and spend time to you don't even care if the flesh gets what it wants anymore because you just want truth and you're so hungry for it. It's like this, it's like this weight, okay? If we're feeding the flesh more than we're feeding the spirit, If we're feeding the spirit more than we're feeding the flesh. So are we balanced? Are we hearing the word to a point where we trust him? We trust him. I'm so glad we have the word of God. He's so faithful. So Jesus in 1 Peter 2.23, when he was verbally abused, he did not return with an insult. When he suffered, he would not threaten retaliation. Jesus faithfully entrusted or trusted and committed himself, himself into the hand of God who judges righteously. He knew his father. 
And he knew in the most intense agony that God was going to come through. And in the end, it was going to be glorious. It was going to be glorious. It was going to be glorious. With all your heart, it says in Proverbs, the whole of your heart would include the, feeling, the feelings, this is in this scripture, the feelings, the will, and even the intellect, your center, everything in you is trusting God. We don't lean on our own understanding. We don't support ourselves. We don't rest on our own understanding. We don't rely and stay on our own understanding. One, one translation says we don't lean on our own um, ability to govern and discipline ourselves by use of reason. I have reasoned too much with things. I have reasoned too much with things. He wants to provide, get this, he wants to provide supernatural to our natural. In everything. In everything. Supernatural to our natural job. Supernatural to our natural daily things that we do. Supernatural to our relationships. Supernatural. He wants to add to your natural. In verse 6 it says, we'll move on to verse 6. It says, in all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. In all your ways, in all manner, the Amplified says, Know, recognize, and acknowledge him, and he will direct and make straight, make right, make pleasant, make prosperous, and plain your path. In some of your ways, if you acknowledge me, and see, God is so good, he will, he will work with you in the ways that you give him. But what this scripture is saying is, is that in all of your ways, I have something for you. I've got life to breathe into all of your ways. I've got, I've got something to say to help you in all of your ways. Trust me. Lean on me with all your heart. And what I really see in this verse 6 in all your ways, acknowledge him. I really see um, that it shows honor. You know, when you acknowledge somebody and you acknowledge, you're acknowledging their place in your life. That's honoring. Humility honors. It's honoring God. I'm yours. Lord, it's not I who live, but Christ who lives in me. 
Acknowledging him honors him. Because remember, humility keeps God in his right place in ours and us in ours. It is honoring to him to say, Lord, what do you think? What would you say? I trust you. I, I, I acknowledge you. I honor you. I want to give you this place in my life. I want to give you every part of my life. I want to I know what you have to say about the situation because sometimes, guys, we, you know, Brother Hagen would say that the soul and the spirit are like this. And sometimes just because it's not like, you know, outright sin, it's not bad, we think that we're hearing from the Lord sometimes. And really, he might have something else to say about it. I've done this. You know, this can be, um, Sean and I are, are learning that every ministry thing or every invite or any of those things that we get, we don't just say, yeah, because that's what you do. We say, Lord, what do you have to say about it? What do you think? That's honoring and acknowledging the Lord in your decisions. And as much as we want to do that in our daily life, he will come in and help us. But we don't want to get just so in routine that we miss, apparently this is routine. That's me walking in routine. We don't want to get so much in routine that we dole ourselves to hearing the rhema word of God be alive, the Holy Spirit speaking to us. That might look different in a day than our routine. Honoring the Lord and humbling yourself is trusting Him with your life. It's trusting Him with your life. And so honor is to show esteem for one deserving of respect, attention, and obedience. The action, there is action in honor. We honor him in recognizing him in our life. Acknowledges observation, recognition, to be aware, to be diligent, to put him in his proper place. To discover, avow or admit to be true by declaration of assent. There is action to honor. There is action to acknowledging God in your life. It's not enough to just know what he wants you to do. It's putting action and showing honor by obedience. Those that are willing and obedient... To me, willing and obedient shows a position of your heart and then an action of doing. 
Those are the ones that eat the good of the land. Willing and obedient. So it means to avow or admit to be true by declaration of assent. To recognize his place. Are we honoring God in our life? Are we honoring him? So are we trusting him and are we honoring him? The next one, verse 7, do not be wise in your own eyes. Reverently fear and worship the Lord and turn entirely away from evil. Reverence, or the Passion Translation says, don't think for a moment that you know it all. Not even a moment, that you know it all. A humble person will say at any moment, God, you speak to me. I'm listening. I'm not going to go be so set in what I think that I can't hear the voice of God speaking to me. Reverence is profound respect and esteem mingled with fear and affection as for a holy being or place. The disposition to revere, veneration, great respect, undivided devotion to God. Undivided devotion to God. If you have undivided devotion to God, you will properly be able to have every other thing in your life in the right place. He's first. He's first. He's first. He's first. He's first. Proverbs 24.4 says, The reward of humility, that is having a realistic view of one's importance, and the reverent, worshipful fear of the Lord is riches, honor, and life. How many want some riches, honor, and life? You realize that we have the opportunity and ability because of Christ in us to experience riches, honor, and life in every area of our life. Every single area of our life. That's why he says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways. So are you saying that in all of my ways I can have riches, honor, and life? To me that says fruitful. That I can have, that I can bear fruit in all areas of my life. And I'm not the one, I'm, I'm not the, I'm not the one who, who causes the increase, but I am the one that says, Lord, I humble myself before you. What do you have to say? And then in trusting him, I can say confidently, because I am in obedience and I'm trusting him and I've humbled myself before him, there will be fruit in my life in this area. You know why? Because God is just. He is just. If the word says that and you do that, He doesn't go against his word. That is what you'll have. That is what you have. He is just. He's not a respecter of persons. 
So you can't look at somebody and say, well, they're just more, God just, they're just more blessed. They're blessed because they're a preacher. They're blessed because this. No, if you do the word, you will get the result of the promise of the word. Straight across the board. If you sow to the spirit, you will reap life. Every single time. If you sow to the flesh, you'll reap corruption every single time. He's just. He's faithful. So the fear and the reverence for the Lord will keep you from evil. I love this. Listen, it says in the last part of verse 7, Worship the Lord and turn entirely away from evil. And this is what I, I, I read on this, is it's having a constant commitment to just do the right thing. It's just turning from evil is just committing to do the right thing. You've been empowered to do the right thing. You've been empowered to do the right thing. The issue is probably either you don't trust God to be able to take care of the issue or you're just rebelling. Right? Or in disobedience. Well, that's rebellion. Just commit by the power of the Holy Spirit within you to just do the right thing. To just trust him. To rely on him. To lean on him. To acknowledge him and honor him. And I shared this actually a couple of rallies ago, but it's just such a simple statement, but it's so true that living for the Lord is very daily. It's just very daily. Lord, what do you want me to do today? I humble myself before you today, Lord. Don't think about tomorrow. Certainly don't think about yesterday. That's under the blood. His mercies are new every single morning, right? Don't think about that. If there's repentance that needs to happen, then do it and go on. But if the enemy can keep you in your mistakes from yesterday, he'll keep you from moving forward. If he can keep you so focused on what tomorrow, you're just in worry and fear. Just be into, it's not, I'm not saying God doesn't give you vision for the future. Don't misunderstand me there. I'm saying you are so consumed with tomorrow that you can't focus on what he's saying today. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge, honor, reverence him. And he will direct and make plain and straight and prosperous your path. And just, boy, I didn't make it through all my notes this morning. And just, when you thought it couldn't get any better, verse 8 said, It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. 
Hallelujah. Health and strength is in submission and trusting in the Lord, no matter what you feel in your emotion. Deciding and purposing, I am going to trust in the Lord with all my heart. I'm not going to lean on the natural. I'm going to be obedient to the Spirit of God, and I'm going to purpose to just do the right thing. Do the right thing. God is faithful, and he's trustworthy. And so uh, that, you know, just that Proverbs being the essence of humility, that is what humility is. That is what being humble before the Lord is. It's not difficult. It's, it's difficult on your flesh sometimes, but it's not difficult. But when you hold the Lord in an honor, a place of reverence and honor, um, I'm going to share this real quick. I got, there's a glare on that clock. I don't have any minutes, but I'm going to share this real quick. I got no minutes. You know, I always, I always used to think I don't have a test, I didn't have a testimony. I didn't drink. I didn't do drugs. I stayed pure until I was married. You know, all those things. I thought, what? Well, I don't really have a really awesome testimony, you know, like Sean, like drinking and high and driving at the same time. And, whoo, it's a good thing he's here today, you know? And, I, and I, want, I don't want you to take this the right way because I have plenty of mistakes that I've made, okay? But I want you to hear my heart in this. Through being a teenager and through our relationship dating, because we dated for three years, my honor and respect for the Lord is what kept me from doing those things. I love God. And that honor and respect. And so you just develop a love and an honor and respect for the Lord and his people and his things and his kingdom and his word and an honor and respect for what he's asked you to do in obedience it's pretty easy to just want to please him. It's pretty easy. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.